Mindless Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness Can podcast. Today, we are very excited to have Cami B from Connect with Cami B Yoga and the founder of Yogi Bear ZA with us. Hello, Cami. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Very excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, we're so excited. Hello, Cami. Hello, Jane. Hello, guys. Yeah, just to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Fanvec Law Incorporated, recognizing the kindness and compassion on integral ingredient of sustainable solution. So, Cami, congratulations on the beautiful love baby in your belly. Thank you, guys. Very exciting. There's a little girl on her way. <laughs> Amazing. And have you been really disciplined in doing your yoga every day during this process? How's that all been going? In all honesty, it's oscillated quite a lot the first three months I would say the physical practice sort of fell away and the more mindful practice came to play now that I'm 26 weeks which don't ask me how many months that is because this is all very confusing (laughs) the more physical practices come back in and I'm feeling more in body and more sort of present in body than I did at the start of the journey Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that yoga as a word can sometimes yeah, bring up different images and different feelings, different misconceptions sometimes for people. How would you explain yoga to someone listening to this podcast? Sure, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, I think putting, putting it simply, connection, union, mind, body, breath, connection, I think it can sort of become so much more after that, but fundamentally at the baseline connection. So connection to self, connection to breath, connection to the emotions, if that makes sense. It's it's beautiful. I mean, I flirted with yoga for a while. I mean, pre-COVID, I was like turning into a totes yogi bear, Um, (laughs) like harem lotus, do this, do that, loving life. And if, you know, I read an article saying that sitting is the new smoking. And I think that we live in a society that kind of glorifies or has this idea or concept that being busy is successful. Whereas for me, gosh, isn't success just being able to sit in the moment and just be still and just, I feel like we're so robbed of that ability to have moments that we are totally and fully present in. I couldn't agree more. And I think children notice that in us adults and mimic it. So it's it's the reason why I'm so passionate about teaching yogi bears and kids, or rather yoga to kids, is because I really feel strongly that from a younger age, if we could introduce that stillness isn't to be frowned upon, but is something to be celebrated um, and explored, we would be far more wholesome beings. <laughs> What's the value in that forming that connection, that union? What's the value in it for an adult? What's the value in it for a child? So I think it's, it's, you can draw a, pa- a parallel between the two, but it's that, self, that, that ability to self-regulate, that ability to check in, to acknowledge how one's truly feeling in the moment, and then that ability to be able to choose 
how to navigate life's obstacles when you know we can sort of put aside everyone's going to face some sort of obstacle at some some point or another so I feel like being connected to yourself mentally physically emotionally will um, give us a better chance at navigating through life's challenges what are your thoughts and I'm sure you've had it in your practice is the concept of a parent saying, oh, I'd love my kid to try yoga, but they'll never sit still. They have ADHD, they have attention deficit disorder, they are not the yoga type. So it's honestly one of the the biggest misconceptions and probably the most common conversations, one of the most common conversations I have with parents is that, you know, I can't bring my little one to your class because they have no idea how to sit still. And let me just just... Break it, break it to you guys here. And a kid's yoga class is absolutely nothing like an adult yoga class. It is packed with adventures and stories. We go on airplane rides using Warrior 3, um, jump out of parachutes um, using our Malasana Buddha squat. So it's, it's packed with adventure and fun and movement with moments of stillness in between. Um, so it is for any child, the hyperactive or the non-hyperactive type. More than that, Jane, I open my doors to absolutely any sort of child, no matter what the, an inverted commas, label is that they come in with. There's no expectation for a child to perform in a yoga class. It's just to be a part of and witness. And when they're ready, when they're comfortable, when they want to participate, that's when the magic happens. And it mm. always really does. What's also really interesting that's happened over the last couple of years is that yoga seems to have become a lot more um, accessible to all types of bodies. Because if I think of how I used to perceive yoga a couple of years ago, it was a very type, similar type of body, you know, the thin, yeah. tall, toned. And now you go into a yoga class where you follow different people on different platforms and it just seems so inclusive. Do you get that feeling about yoga that's changed to not be such a, it used to be quite a collective of a certain type of person. And now it just feels like the doors open. Absolutely. And um, I hope it continues to open. I'm sort of navigating my own um, insecurities with it now, navigating this pregnancy body and the, and the beautiful, scary changes that it comes with. But just realizing how inclusive it is and how adaptable it is you know, the, the physical practice is only one aspect of yoga. And I think we can sometimes get so uh, caught up in what it looks like. But if we tune into how it makes us feel, it becomes something completely different. Mm. I think that sounds like something useful, even in my own mindfulness and yoga practice. I love the advice you're giving there in the sense that you can become so caught up once again, falling for that old trap of, uh, the performance or it's got to be perfect or it's got to look like it does on Instagram uh, with that kind of defeats the object of connecting with yourself just the way you are in, in that moment. And some days are easy and some days is hard. I don't know. In kids, do you see differences in the way that they arrive and leave and present? How does that play out for them? It sort of shows up differently depending on the age group. The younger ones, there's no inhibition. There's no social sort of boxed, you know, ideas that they come in with. They are also willing to try. I'm not there to physically 
correct a triangle pose, again, I'm getting him to feel what it's like to be this, you know, triangle or this pyramid or whatever adventure we are on that, that the pose relates to. As we get a little bit older, though, it, it, it creeps in, like five, six, seven, you know, I can't or I'm not good enough at doing this. And it's so interesting to observe that those sort of belief systems uh, start from a really, really young age. So my yoga classes are not there to criticize kids. They're not there to get these perfect Instagram yogis, you know. They really are there more to cultivate connectedness between oneself, between each other, a kindness between oneself and each other, and an awareness. What I loved about my time of doing yoga, and I really hope to, and it's, it's different doing it at home with a screen. I did that for a bit, but I really loved being in the room with other people. That for me was just so special. You know, the humming at the beginning, the collective breath. I know, gosh, anything more terrifying in a time of COVID is collected breath. Um, but speaking about COVID, you know, I've just come through COVID and it was a really emotional night a couple of nights ago, actually just holding space for the gratitude that I have for my body. Something as a woman that I think we so, so hard, eh? Oh, I mean, if I think about all the harsh words and unkind things I've said to myself about not being thin enough, small enough, this enough or that enough, actually just, you would have thought having birthed three children to at the same time, that would have been the penny drop moment, but it was actually this COVID experience of actually just really being so grateful for what my body is capable of. And that's what I loved about yoga. I loved carving out the space to sit in a moment to just be with me and be okay with just being with me and being okay with that. Yeah. And um, again, I mean, I can relate now in my pregnancy journey, it's been one of the, the sort of harder things to navigate is this body change, which seems so egotistical, but I'm going to step into it and be open and vulnerable about it. It was one of like the scariest thoughts those first three months. And now that I'm like really starting to feel a little, this little moonbeam kick inside my belly, I'm really starting to have such gratitude more than I've ever had in my whole life for this, this body, the same body that I've criticized, that I've called fat, that I've, you know, definitely critiqued my legs in a down dog when you can see like cellulite and I'm just like that doesn't even matter anymore like this is the same body that creates life that is creating life so I can definitely relate there but linking it back to to kids uh Jane they mimic us so I think it's really important to check in with ourselves notice how we talk to ourselves because the little ones around us, whether kids or we teachers or just, you know, an aunt or an uncle or grandparent, we have the capability to influence the mind of these little humans around us. So if they see us being harsh on ourselves, they will in turn continue that, that sort of talk to themselves. Yeah, kids learn from what they see and that it almost feels like quite a natural process. At a certain age, they start to internalize external voices and those voices the more they repeat them to themselves uh, the more they sort of take root and become their beliefs uh, and I know that's a worry for all of us on this call I know you've got a pack of really cool affirmation cards and I, and I love the idea of affirmations because they become the counterbalance to those voices that we start to internalize they become the yeah the fight back so tell us a little bit more about affirmations uh, how to use affirmations with kids yeah, so uh, I've created a few little tools that over the years I've come to realize 
parents can can use at home with their kids because there's no use in me just working for 30 minutes once a week with the child. It's beautiful if there can be some sort of continuation at home. And the affirmation practice is such a beautiful activity to actually include the whole family in on. So I've got a pack of cards. There's 52 in a deck. So basically one for every week of the year, if you wanted to look at it like that, but there's no harm in pulling one a day. And the idea is to shuffle them around and allow your child to pick one if they can read, read it for themselves. And there's affirmations such as I'm a good friend or I am brave or I am a good listener. I am strong. I am capable. And these affirmations, once said out loud by the little one, they have a really deep impact on their lives. But more than that, it can even create a conversation within a family. Um, And I think these conversations aren't had enough around the dinner tables or around connecting time. So it can be something that mom and dad or granny and grandpa, um, aunt and uncle, they can all be included in on. I think we could all do with a little more certainty and affirmations and feelings of worthiness in our lives. Well, I just love it because Paulie's also got a pack of conversation starter placemats. And it's so interesting how when you lay the table with, you know, the cutlery and the crockery and the placemats and everyone gets the table like, oh, what's this? I'm like, wow, <laughs> let's see what your one says. And it has a totally different energy and flow around the dining room table. And the stuff that's brought up because it doesn't feel like mom and dad you know, white noising in the background. And as we know, we all learn through stories and storytelling. So I'm feeling a little bit left out that you have a pack of cards and you have conversation starter placemats. I have three children and nothing like this. Well, I believe, I believe you, are, you are rich because you were telling me a really beautiful uh, story of, of you and your three kids on the bed sharing affirmations in practice. Yeah, well, I mean, it was obviously brought on. I'm so grateful that I have a psychologist as my work husband because I've got him on speed dial. And I was having one of those days where I just felt really overwhelmed with trying to um, spread myself between three kids and put into play 15 minutes every night per child. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but a lot can be held physically, verbally, unpacked, laughing, reading, whatever that space needs to be. And there's no pressure for it to be anything. But I ended it and ended with every night by them saying, I love you, and then inserting their name. And the first night we did it, they were just, thought I'd lost my marbles when I said, say, I love you, Rocco. And he was like, yeah, I love you, mom. And I was like, no, say, I love you, Rocco. And he's like, I love you. And I was like, no, say your name. And he was like, I love you, Rocco. And I said, yeah. And I said, I'm proud of you, Rocco. And he's like, I'm proud of you, Rocco. And my daughter, when it was her turn, said to me, I've never said that to myself. I've never said I love you to myself. And I've never told myself that I'm proud of myself. And I just thought, flip, we have such a responsibility as the grown-ups in the room to instill in these children, because there's so many broken adults that don't love themselves and are not proud of themselves. And what do we see? We see a society of adults that built wooden fire escapes through over drinking, over eating, over smoking, over spending, and you get that high and then it spits you out with no love or kindness. And then you stew in guilt and shame and that feeling returns. And I reckon that if we're instilling in young people right here, right now, from teeny, tiny, tiny, teeny, that you matter to you, that you are your greatest friend and ally and you belong to yourself. And we need to nurture that as a, as a really, really important relationship. Really, I, I really couldn't agree more. And if we, if we could have more vulnerable adults out there talking about this, 
to the children because I think it's also important for them to know that we're not always loving ourselves. There are days where, you know, I really struggle to love myself or feel like I'm proud of myself. It's a work in progress. And I think um, for children to see that vulnerability, to experience that their parents aren't just always winning or aren't always just successful, the pressure can be laid off them a little bit. That they also get to navigate and feel and be and learn and grow without um, the societal pressure to be first, to perform, to be the best, to always be positive. I think this kindness and and love really comes from, from being real and vulnerable and I think as adults, we are definitely um, responsible for for teaching the younger generation how to do that. Well, progress, not perfection. I mean, that is the biggest mantra of my life. And it reminds me of another story. My husband's got a man cave, okay? It's probably, it's, it's a cupboard. It's just a like a cupboard, but it's all his man stuff. And in his man stuffed cave, which has got down lighting and a velveteen bottom and it's got little drawers, it's magnificent. It should have its whole own little like Instagram handle. Anyway, I looked at him the other night and he had a sticker from one of the kids' sports stand. It was, was fifth place. And I remembered that day. I remembered that day of my son coming off the athletics track being like, oh, I came fun. They were like, oh, my God. That's so amazing. <laughs> And I'm the mother at the gala that's on her haunches at the end of the pool going, go, Michael Phelps in seventh position, go. <laughs> because who cares where you place, bro? Just get involved. Absolutely. I think everyone needs a Jane in their pocket, really. Kids <laughs> and adults. I'm back I can do with that sometimes. <laughs> now they've got to the stage, obviously, 11 and 9, respectively, like they're like, Mom, please. <laughs> please can you not get out your chair and they're, they're probably grateful for the one thing of COVID is that we can't go to their sporting events because <laughs> I lose my mind Cammy <laughs> uh, uh, B it has been the best time hanging out with you thank you for sharing yeah your incredible gentle wisdom uh, with all of us today a real takeaway for me is the kind of the value of of connecting with ourselves accepting ourselves in the moment as counterintuitive as that sometimes seems in a world like ours but in doing that that's really where we we find real understanding and allows us to move forward with yeah with a gentleness so thank you so much for for sharing that with us today Thank you for having me, guys. It's been so cool just chatting to you. <laughs> you feel like friends already. <laughs> we are friends. Yeah, and go gentle and kind on yourself, my love. Um, being a parent is going to test you in ways that you never thought possible. But I think as we've discussed today, if you can just broach it from a place of vulnerability and trying your best and knowing that your intention was so pure and when things don't pan out the way, they should just forgive yourself. You know, I think that so many times we hang on to that negativity and use it as a headline. And it's only a chapter, you know, it's a couple of pages. So yeah, go gentle. Thank you. I'm definitely going to be uh, saving your number. <laughs> you got my call. number, girl. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put it on speed dial. That's what I mean. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, uh, this podcast was brought to you by uh, Funvake Law Incorporated, recognizing that kindness and compassion are an integral ingredient of a sustainable solution. So much love to you both. Until we connect again, uh, may all your voyages be happy ones. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.